Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Screen Picks Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Kit Bowen. Uh, we took a week off last week, but we're back this week. Going to talk about several movies that are uh, streaming, opening in theaters. Opening in theaters is not going to be the, the more prevalent uh, statement there because things are definitely starting to open up. In fact, uh, I just got my first screening notice to like go see a movie in a theater uh, for Quiet Place 2, which I can't go to because I'm going to be out of town, but was kind of uh, a shock to see the email. <laughs> what? What do I go to the theater? Oh, okay. No, I, I definitely want to see that one in the movie theater. Anyway, um, joining me is my good friend Joel from the movie event, uh, Joel Amos from the movie com. How are you, Joel? <laughs> Uh, very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, Joel is in Spokane, Washington. And what, what are the, what's the theater situation there, Joel? Uh, they're open, but uh, restricted um, numbers. Like, I think it's gotcha. either 25 or 50%. Right. I think that's what we are here in L.A., too. But I, I've heard that uh, in July, I mean, in June, they were going to open stuff back up because California is doing so well. But anyway, we'll see. I don't know. We've, we've had this conversation before. It's, it's, I, I definitely miss seeing movies in the theater, but I don't miss driving to them. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and certainly watching a, watching a movie at home is always just a little more relaxing, even if it isn't on the big screen. But, you know. Life does move on, and we will have to go back to the, uh, hopefully go back to the way things used to be in, in some sort of fashion. Anyway, I digress. Uh, like I said, we've got some, several movies to talk about. So we're going to just jump right into it and talk about, the first one is Wrath of Man. This is the latest from uh, Guy Ritchie. He directed it. It stars uh, Jason Statham, his, one of his mainstays. Let me read you the description here. The plot follows H, a cold and mysterious character working at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. Uh, it also stars uh, Hulk Mick McClaney, uh, Josh Hardnett, Jeffrey Donovan, Scott Eastwood, Andy Garcia. It's got a pretty great cast, actually. I want to let you start us off. What did you think of Wrath of Man? Um, I I personally liked it, and it was um, it's interesting because I I have come to love Guy Ritchie, and I really find myself enjoying most of Jason Statham's. Uh, work and it's uh, the guys haven't worked together in 20 years since Snatch, um, so it's kind of great to see them together again. But that being said, this doesn't really quite feel like a Guy Ritchie movie, and that's not necessarily mm-hmm. a bad thing. Um, it's very matter of fact. Uh, he doesn't do his where he shows the end and then rewinds to kind of show you how scenes get to where they go. Um, this is actually a, a remake of a French film called Le Convoyeur. Um, so he's kind of working from other material. Guy Ritchie had co-wrote the script and brought it uh, from Europe to the streets of L.A. And I thought that was also kind of freeing for him as a filmmaker because usually it's the streets of London uh, when he does his crime dramas. Um, uh-huh. and, the same, and, and I just thought that the way that it was constructed... For me, made it work. 
uh, you were along for the ride. This guy is a driver. You know, he's new to this company. You kind of get a, a bird's eye view of what it's like to be an armed car driver, uh, especially when they get under attack. Um, and then he goes back five months. And then a movie that has a character that's kind of puzzling, which is Jason Statham's character, H. Uh, he's rather puzzling. It transforms to me into the whole movie becoming like a puzzle. And by going mm-hmm. back five months, I'm kind of like, how is this all going to fit together? And I was with it. Right. Um, I know some some people are, are liking it. Some people are calling it gritty. Some people think it's a complete waste of time. I saw one person even called it meathead cinema. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, yeah, it's an action movie with a lot of guys and maybe one girl, but that doesn't necessarily make it a meathead movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought Jason Statham played it like pitch perfectly. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's never been one to go on extensive monologues uh, per se, but, you know, he's actually more quiet than usual in the first act. And we see why, because he, he's a man who is a mystery, but he's also uh, feared. He's uh, intense. Uh, and during that first attack, I mean, he, it is like a Navy SEAL, the way he takes down an, an army of people coming at them. And everybody at the armored car company Badass. is kind of looking at like, who is this guy? And we're asking right. the same question. So, I mean, I, for me, it worked. And, and, and I, I kind of enjoyed it. And, in fact, uh, I lost the Internet signal uh, as the third act was about to begin. And I was just like, it was right as, you know, it start, the pieces are coming together. And I was like, no, no. What? And so... <laughs> So that told me how invested I was in it, and I had to basically get in touch with the studio because you used up my three viewings to kind of hit reset. And uh, lucky for me, somebody was working at 11.40 at night, and uh, I got to watch the final <laughs> act. So that, to me, spoke volumes about how invested I was in it because I, I kind of freaked out when the Internet went out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I actually really liked it, too. Uh you know, I, it's intense. It's nice. It's dark. You know, I mean, yes. Guy Ritchie, you know, he, he literally could, could direct an action sequence in his sleep. He is just, that is what he is really good at. You know, I feel like he, Michael Mann, some of these directors, you just literally can just craft an action sequence that you're just like, Oh, um, but you know, a lot of his films tend to have some humor in them. So, you know, you kind of, you appreciate that as well. Uh, this is just like, nope. <laughs> it is not. No. The, none of, there's no comic relief. There's nothing like that, which is, I appreciate it. And yeah, Jason Statham, uh, first of all, I have always read, and thankfully he has kept to his word, I've always read that he will never, ever try to do an American accent or any other kind of accent because he says, I can't. That's not my, that's not my thing. I'm going to be British, whatever I do, it's just the way it goes. And sure enough, you know, that's what he was British in this, even though it took place in, in L.A. Um, but uh, I really felt this movie has so many different moving parts to it, like you said. So it is actually, it's definitely part revenge thriller, but it's also a heist movie, you know. And yeah. and in this case, the and in this case, the heist is the the guys that are doing the heist are not good guys. You know, usually in a heist movie, you're rooting for the people to to pull off the crime or whatever it is that they're doing. You root for them. This one, you don't. <laughs> you don't root for them because they're a bunch of, 
you know, disgruntled uh, ex-military guys who want, you know, want some some payback kind of thing. And it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic to it. So, like I said, it just it did it kept me completely glued to it because, you know, you kind of you do go back and forth in time a little bit. So, you know, you, you're kind of introduced to, to these characters and then you kind of go back and you see what their motivations are and then, you you know, move forward kind of thing. But uh, I was I was in it, man. I, I thought, like I said, the action was intense and, uh, you know, very, you know, definitely violent and bloody and whatnot, but not too, not too much over the top. I and mean, I've seen I think I've, Mortal Kombat <clears throat> alone was a lot bloodier than this was. Um but yeah, I was I, w- I wanted to know the deal. I wanted to know the story, and it's really not very. Thankfully, even though it does kind of move around a lot, and you're sort of you know you're kind of following two separate sort of stories, it wasn't convoluted in my opinion. I thought it was pretty straightforward, you know, storytelling, and certainly, uh, you know, certainly one of those kinds of films where you. <laughs> You want the revenge to happen, you know. I mean, Jason Statham could have easily been replaced by Liam Neeson. <laughs> that kind of appeal mm. to it, you know. But also, just like you said, the character he plays is very quiet, very mysterious, uh, and scary. I mean, I know Jason Statham can be scary, but he's he's never, you know, I've always seen him to be kind of a, you know, well, what I was going to say, kind of like in Transporter, he's also quiet too, but he's not really necessarily all that scary. He's just very efficient at what he does. Here it was scary. He kind of scared me a couple of times, you know, just just who he was and what he was, you know, doing in the movie and whatnot. So um thought he did a great job, kind of a, a little different for him. I mean, he's been doing the action stuff, but, you know, with comedy mixed in, and he's really good at that. We can see he can be funny, thank God. Uh, but he went back to being serious in this. So, yeah, I really, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, what kind of rating would you give it one to five stars? And anything else you want to say? Well, I, I, I would say that, that uh, you know, uh, a perfect emblematic scene of Jason Statham being scary is when the armored car he's in gets hit and he comes out with a cloth over his mouth because yes. gas used. And he removes the, the the cloth and just looks at the guy, <laughs> and they just go away. Um, yeah, they run. That, just, <laughs> that spooks everybody in in at yep. the uh, armored car place, and they're like, "What? Who is this guy?" And you know, we're asking the same question. So I, I oh boy, I, I go three and three quarters, not not quite four stars. Um, it, it's it's weird. It's it's a very much an, an, an L.A. crime story, and and it kind of reminded me of like to live and die in LA or heat or collateral. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, it's not quite as yes. good as those, but like it's in that vein. I mean, it's close. So it's, it's a very good LA crime drama for me. Me too. You're right. It's not quite as good as those two, but I think I might just go four stars just, just to give it that extra quarter, just cause I don't know. I really wasn't it. It never, uh, I wasn't, sitting there going what's going on you know none of that and and uh, i was you you pretty much can follow along pretty easily and i always appreciate that plus also just some of those amazing action sequences with the guns and stuff it was it was it was good and it didn't drag at all none of it (laughs) none of it so yeah i I think i'd give it four stars so okay you know what i'll go for it too Um, (laughs) yeah 
you. I convinced you. All right, we're going to next talk about uh, a, a, a much sweeter film <laughs> uh, called Here Today. Uh, Billy Crystal coming out of the woodwork there. He hasn't done anything in quite a while. Um, he stars in this. He plays a veteran uh, comedy writer, Charlie Burns, who meets uh, New York street singer Emma Page, played by Tiffany Haddish, and they form an unlikely but hilarious <laughs> infecting friendship that kicks the generation gap aside and redefines the meaning of love and trust. It's also written and directed by Billy Crystal. Oh, co-written, I should say. He wrote it with uh, someone else, but he directed it. Again, hasn't directed anything for, I'm reading, like over 20 years, something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Cass also stars uh, Sharon Stone playing herself for a second. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have even mentioned her. She's at the top of the list, though. Um, Pam Badgley is in it as well. Uh, Laura Benatti, uh, Kev, uh, again, Kevin Klein and Barry Levinson play themselves. Um, Anna DeVere Smith, who I love. I love her and everything. She's she's always great just to throw her in there. Um, so what did you think of here today? You know, it really got me um, on multiple levels. And then it didn't quite 100% work over the course of the movie, um, but I'm going to give it a little, little bit of a pass. Um, and, and you can tell it, it's actually, it's based on a short story called the prize and Billy Crystal wrote the screenplay with the author of the short story. And you can tell that it, it's a short story that's been dragged out to a full length movie. And we've got plenty of short stories like stand by me that are just incredible. Um, and there are no issues, but more often than not, short stories when they get made into longer pictures, motion pictures, you can feel the stretch a little bit where there, there are parts that kind of needs a little bit of tightening. But other than that, I mean, the relationship between those two is gold. I mean, I love it. It's believable. Um, and, and, and I think you even get that from the trailer that like you would believe that these two would become friends. And, uh, it's a very topical thing. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering how much of this is inspired by Ron Williams, Billy Crystal's dear friend, uh, who came down with a similar ailment that Billy Crystal's character has in this film um, or that he learns that he has. And so it, it, it's kind of, you can tell it really hits home. And, and um, yeah. you know, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I really it really touched me. It really moved me. And I thought that Billy Crystal was probably one of the first directors that can rein Tiffany Haddish in a little bit. Like she gets to do her thing that she's become famous for, but at the same time, she's got a couple of moments where she needs to be a little dramatic, like especially when she confronts Mm -hmm. his kids and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I rather liked it. It just, it just didn't a hundred percent work for me. Um, but I, I did enjoy it as a whole. Um, I did too. I mean, I thought it was very sweet. Um, I did feel though, you know, it, actually, let me just, let me back up before I kind of criticize it. I, <laughs> I love Billy Crystal. I think he is always fantastic in this character he's playing. You know, he plays like this, like you said, a, a veteran comedy writer who's worked on, who's done movies and now he's on sort of like a, a sketch type show and he writes for them and he, he kind of, you know, is sort of the mentor on the, on the set, especially for the, the, you know, head writer of the show. Um, 
and just, you know, some of the interactions there I thought was very fun. And, and Billy is, you know, obviously I feel like this movie's probably uh, touches a nerve in him as well or, or fear maybe, you know, something like that ever happening to him where he might be losing, you know, some of his faculties and that kind of stuff, um, even though he's not, but I'm sure there's always that fear. Uh, and just, you know, the idea of comedy and, and what it, what it is and how it, how it works and that kind of thing, trying to, trying to teach, you know, this young writer on the show and all of that. I loved that part. That part was, however, the part with Tiffany Haddish, I do like her, but I just, I don't know. I didn't feel it was quite as believable as you do. I felt it was a little more forced than it should have been. Um, she's just, not so much from Billy. Billy is just still you know, so he's just great at it, and and I can see him connecting with her. But she, her, her acting skills are just not, not as, not as keen. I don't think. Um, I mean, she's really good when she is allowed to just let loose and be funny. Um, and I, was, I kept thinking of Girls Trip throughout it, just just because I, that was my first time really seeing her and thinking how hilarious she is. Um, I don't know. Here though, I just felt she's a little bit out of her league, but. That being said, she didn't ruin the movie by any stretch. I, you know, I definitely felt some of the scenes between the two of them were great. But overall, I just felt the, the motivation for the character to be kind of, you know, uh, you know, becoming friends with him, I just thought was a little forced in my, in my opinion. But the rest of it was a very sweet story. It's very kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, of a, uh, oh, gosh, now why am I blanking on his name? Gary Marshall. Kind of reminded me of a Gary Marshall movie, right? Like, yeah, kind of. Not a whole lot happens. It's just sort of, sort of a sweet friendship kind of a film. So, um, I feel, you know, Billy as as a as a director, he's kind of moved maybe more into that kind of uh, of, a, of a way of telling a story. Is a little TV movie of the weekish, but also still fun and enjoyable to watch. So yeah, overall, I thought it was very sweet. And it did touch me, and it, and you know, it is certainly a relevant story, and and like I said, I I feel like Crystal was really tapping into it, and 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 finding that kind of fear in himself, uh, putting himself out there a little bit more than he has in the past, and I thought that was that was kind of good, really good of him. But Tiffany was what kind of, sort of, you know, was not the strongest part for me, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but what, what rating would you give this and anything else you'd me like to add? Uh, I'd give it three and a half. Um, and I, I thought that um, uh, one thing that, that struck me is the, the fictional movie that he wrote. Uh, supposedly it was made right. in 1990. And it's a romantic comedy with Sharon Stone and Kevin Klein, directed by Barry Levinson. I want to see that movie, okay? I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my two cents uh, beyond my rating. <laughs> I know, totally. That was kind of a fun, fun little bit to it, you know. And these people were playing themselves in it. Um, I loved that too. I thought that was very fun. I would probably give it three stars. I just, you know, like I said, I, I feel like uh, Tiffany was overhead, but I loved Billy Crystal, and it was so good to see him back on screen and being him, and yeah. you know, a little older version of him. I mean, I've just been reading lately about, he's been out about, you know, promoting this and giving interviews, but I read an article about his uh, his feelings on what it is to be a comedian these days, and he says it's tough. <laughs> he goes, you know, I don't really like the whole 
the whole idea where you can't, it's like a minefield is what he wrote, what he said is, you know, you, you can't really be like it used to be. Um, and, you know, even though he doesn't like it, he says, you know, I can just do what I can do. And that's all, that's all there is, you know, there's not much else I can say about that, but it is kind of hard. What do you, what do you think as far as that being a comedian these days? You know, I, I think that is kind of touched on a little bit when he, he's talking at one point in the movie and he says, uh, kind of like, I mean, he could retire, you know, this character could retire just kind of like, like Billy could probably retire, but like he right. says something about there's, there's nothing like, writing a joke and then hearing people laugh to that joke. And I think that for a comedian, that is a, a, a feeling you chase, you keep chasing your entire life. Mm -hmm. And I think that I, I understand the feeling that there's some treacherous waters out there now for comedians. And, and I feel like that was maybe a line thrown in for that because it's like he, he is still chasing that laugh. Yeah. But chasing it in a way now you can't, you know, you can't be at all politically incorrect or anything, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's so some some comedians that was all their that's all they did. So yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting. Anyway, that was a side note on that. Um, okay, so moving on, we're going to talk about the Waterman. Uh, <clears throat> the stars and is directed by David Iolo in his directorial debut. Uh, let me tell you the description here. A boy sets out on a quest to save his ill mother by searching for a mythic figure said to have magical healing powers. Uh, Like I said, it it stars David Iolo, (laughs) Rosario Dawson as well, Alfred Molina, and then a a young Lonnie Chavez who plays the the son. Um, I'll start this one off. I thought this was very sweet and very touching and creative, uh, tapped into my imagination as the kind of, you know, the kid, uh, the, the young kid uh, is a graphic novelist or he, he's doing a graphic novel. And so for him, it's, and I want to read this, by the way, like seeing, I want to see that movie that he made. I want to read this, this kid's graphic novel about a detective, a dead detective trying to figure out who killed him. Uh, I just yeah. thought that was fantastic. But, um, you know, Rosario Dawson plays his mother who who has cancer, and you know, and he's trying to to navigate that. They've moved to this kind of small mountain town um, from the big city to sort of help her with her, you know, with her um, disease and whatnot. And and you know, just just seeing the the tensions that it creates in his family with his mom and his dad, and just you know, and his his sort of little creative mind trying to figure out how to help his mom and then he hears this sort of mythical story about the uh, a person who lives in the, the water man who lives in the woods and you know is is immortal and he has the the power to you know to heal and that kind of thing and his his quest to go find that person or that whoever it is uh and is joined by this little girl or young girl i should say um who is kind of profited by telling oh i've met the water man i know who he is so i can take you to him and so he he hooks up with her and they go into the woods and then it becomes, you know, this sort of quest story and sort of also kind of a rescue story. And uh, I just, I was in it. I was feeling it. And I, this one touched me like, like you were saying here today touched you. This one really touched me um, more than I thought it was going to. Uh, and I had a chance to talk to the young kid, Lonnie Chavez. And he, he's, uh, I guess he, 
his he's most well known for playing the younger version of Sterling K. Brown in This Is Us. So he says he gets he gets a lot of recognition for that. And he goes, but I want people to see other stuff like you do, you know. And and of course David uh, Yaello, who who you know, like I said, this is a directorial debut. You know, Lonnie was saying he's just very in t- attuned to the actor and you know and telling the story and visually and that kind of thing. And he really learned a lot from him and. I can imagine that's the case. But, yeah, I really – I felt this was very sweet and touching um, and kind of a very simple story. Of, uh, and, and I think one that families should watch together, too. I just feel like it kind of has really great <clears throat> themes and messages in it. How about you? What did you think? Yeah, this one caught me by surprise. Um, you yeah. know, he, he really nailed it. He had a, a touch with, with the character development Um he had a, a brilliant touch with the story development. Um, I knew in that opening shot when he's way up high and he's following uh, the boy on his electric scooter in, in, a, in yeah. a cemetery. I was like, oh, wow, okay. This guy is, is, knows how to frame a story, like literally. Um, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was really moved. And it, and it struck me that this is this is the kind of movie that they don't really make anymore. Like, um Right. It's kind of has a di- different tone that reminded me of kind of like uh, uh, The Goonies or Escape to Witch Mountain or E.T. even, where, you know, you have kids yeah. that get get into peril at times, but it's never too scary, but it is kind of thrilling. Um, and and he just, I, this is a very, very impressive uh, directorial debut. Um, and I thought that, that the kid was, uh, Chase was just really, uh, such a find, and and he was so fantastic. Yeah. And the, and the th- thing doesn't work without the chemistry he has with Joe, the other uh, teenager played by Amia Miller, who people might remember from War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, I thought she was ah. fantastic too. Yeah, right. that's where she's from. And and Got so it. you know, there's a fierceness but vulnerability to her that she really nailed. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, Alfred Molina, again, with a small part, but, you know, that old adage, <laughs> there are no small parts, only small actors. He just kind of nails it. Um, and I just, you know, I thought it was a, a, a really touching family film that you could really watch. You could actually watch with the entire family. And um, yeah. it it uh, it really was, was striking. And I... You know, when I, I first got the press release on this one, I was kind of like, mm-hmm, I don't know, but okay, I'll right. watch it. And, and then, boy, am I glad I watched it. I know. It's, it is definitely one of those movies that just creeps up on you and surprises you, and you don't necessarily, you know, think think from the trailer. You know, the trailer's okay, but you don't really get the whole depth of it uh, until you until you start watching it. Um, but, yeah. And also, the other one, movie it reminded me of was uh, Bridge to Terabithia. Kind of reminded me a little of uh, of that, um, and you know what? And it doesn't necessarily end, you know, in a in a sort of somber, sad note at all. It's kind of even though, you know, things might not necessarily go the way he wants them to. There's still hope, you know, and and at least you know. And, and Rosario Dawson, of course, we should give her a shout out. She does a nice job as well, portraying the woman, you know, portraying the mom and. Who loves her son to death, and you know, and, this, this, and David's as the father. He's you know, he's just trying to keep it all together without, you know, forgetting to be more sympathetic and you know, uh, 
affectionate towards his son. So, yeah, it was it was very well done. Very, very well done. So I think uh, Mr. David is going to have a lot of uh, <laughs> potential in his future for, for further directing. So I would give this four stars. How about you? Um, I have four stars for me. Uh, absolutely. And I, yeah. I can't recommend this uh, enough. And and I, and I hope uh, it was also great to see Maria Bello in a movie. I feel like it's been a few since oh, yeah, seen her. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she plays the sheriff um, when she was fantastic. And then there's kind of something that enters the scene in the third act that adds this layer that I just did not see coming and um, of okay. peril. And, and she is so conflicted as the sheriff of where her responsibility lies. Uh, they really needed an actress of her metal to uh, play that part. And they, she's, the cast was just top notch. It really was. It was. Definitely. So definitely check that one out if you get a chance to see it. I think it's in theaters now, but uh, I believe it'll probably be going to streaming pretty soon. So keep an eye out for that as well. Um, we're going to talk about real quickly a movie that came out actually last weekend, but we weren't able to do the podcast. But we, I really want to talk about it because it's fantastic and so much fun. It's called The Mitchell's Version of the Machines. It's streaming on Netflix. It's an animated film from Sony Animation. Um, let me read the description. A quirky, dysfunctional family's road trip. It's upended when they find themselves in the middle of a robot apocalypse and suddenly become humanity's unlikeliest last hope. <laughs> uh, it has a great vocal cast. Uh, uh, Abby Jacobson plays uh, the, the teenager going off to college, and this is, their road trip is driving her to college. Danny McBride plays her dad. Maya Rudolph plays her mom. Uh, we have Eric Andre as well, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, Chrissy Teigen, and John Legend. <laughs> Just a great, great vocal cast. But I'll let you start us off on this one. What did you think of the Mitchells versus the Machines? <laughs> I just loved it. I mean, talk about movies you can watch about <laughs> with the whole family. This is just this just insane how good this thing is. And it just it's it's envelope pushing animation wise, I think. And that yeah. shouldn't be a surprise given that it's from executive producers Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who gave us Spider Man into the Spider Verse and the Lego movie. So um, yep. you know, these guys are are pretty good at and 21 Jump Street at, at kind of given us animated fare that pushed the envelope and boy does this kind of push the envelope um, animation wise and, and, and sometimes you get these movies that do that that forget that they also need to tell a good story and this one tells a great story <laughs> um, and it just it will make you really appreciate your own your own family like it's just it's just it's just got such a pitch perfect tone. Um, it's kind of hard to describe it without giving anything away, but just that, that the voice acting is top notch. The the premise is top notch. The way it's put together is top notch. The way it's resolved is top notch. I just, yeah, I, I really, really love this movie. And it, it, it's, it is rightfully being buzzed about still a week later after it first debuted. People are still buzzing about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely check this out on, on on Netflix. It is so fun. I was just absolutely engaged from word go, laughing my ass off, also very poignant. Um, Olivia Coleman <laughs> finally, finally giving this woman some comedy to do, you know. She plays sort of, uh, well, I guess we don't want to give too much away, but her character in this is hilarious. Um 
just all of it. Uh, I, I like actually finished watching it, and I went downstairs to my husband. And I said, "I just watched the movie about a you know a weird family," and I go, "Here's the weird family." <laughs> we're a weird family too. I mean, that's kind of the whole gist of this is that this you mm-hmm. know this girl's grown up with her dad and, and and you know kind of being an outdoorsman and never really connecting with with him as far as her her. Um, you know, aspirations to be a filmmaker and all of that, still having these fun va- family vacations that they would go on where, you know, weird things would happen and, you know, and just trying to connect that way. Uh, even if, even if you have certain ideas or, you know, uh, aspirations and your parents don't feel the same way, still how you connect to them in, in those ways. So um, that's kind of the overall message about it is like embrace your, your dis- dysfunctional family because, they are your family and that's where you come from. And so, you know, even if you, even if they don't think the same way you do or, or have the same kind of interests that you do, they're still your family and they can be just as much fun as, you know, whatnot. So that's, that's the part I liked about it. But my God, there was some funny stuff. <laughs> like legit laughing out loud. I think probably the two robots who, who they end up kind of, you know, working with, so to speak, with Fred Armisen and Beth Bennett were hilarious. Um, you know, and Maya Rudolph and Dan McBride, they do a great job. I mean, I did. I just, I thought this was just tremendous. Uh, I mean, I would give this one five stars. That's how much I like it. How about you? Oh, yeah. Five stars, no question. I mean, it's a, perf- it's a perfect movie. It is. And it's it's kind of, you know, I, I really, I actually really liked The Croods, too, last year. Um, mm-hmm. I felt... Mm-hmm. You know, I was surprised how much I actually liked it. And this, too, it's, it's sometimes you just, uh, you know, you don't, you, animation, animated movies, yes, they are definitely um, a whole different breed nowadays than they once were. But they still kind of get a bad rap sometimes. Like they think it's too much for kids or whatever the case may be. And, and I, I know, I like my mom, she's just, she, she won't turn on an animated movie to watch it just because she doesn't, you know. It's just she thinks it's going to be silly or it's this or that. And I, I feel like some of the better movies that have come out in the last five, ten years have been animated movies. I mean, of course, Pixar tops the list on almost every time. But just even – just I just feel like the bar is, has been set so high that now, you know, people reach for those kinds of films that really are literally appealing to everybody, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, kids are going to, you know, love it the most. Maybe, but I think for me, I would watch this again. I mean, I would watch this movie again. It just made me laugh. I I probably miss jokes here and there, but overall, you know, I just I feel like animated movies. If 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 you feel hesitant to turn it on just because that's ah, animated, don't with this one. Absolutely watch it <laughs> right yep. away. Um, so five stars on us for that. So finally, we're going to wrap up here. I'm going to talk about a film that you didn't get a chance to see. Uh, it's called The Unthinkable. It is a Swedish film. Um, uh, let me read the description here. <clears throat> Actually, it came out a few years ago, but I guess it's just being released here now. Uh, it's uh, Sweden faces a mysterious attack while I, Alex, a uh, young pianist uh whatever tries to reunite with his young childhood sweetheart anna um it stars uh swedish actors <laughs> christoph nordenroth uh lisa Hemi, um 
And, you know, I actually really kind of liked it. It's, Here's here again. Here's sort of one of the situations where it's a it's a foreign film, so you know they 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 can take different chances with things. So it's certainly set up like a, an apocalyptic type thriller, uh, where this small Swedish town is dealing with um, what seems to be an attack of some kind from from outside forces. You're not entirely you never really know exactly who's trying to attack them. But the things that they're doing in their attack, like using chemical warfare and all kinds of different weird things, it was very tense. Um, and then in the middle of it, you have this, you know, I have this young man who grew up with a very strict father who didn't quite understand his son at all. And, uh, you know, so they're very strange. And the father's kind of a conspiracy conspiracy theorists and so he thinks this is going to happen and you know he's sort of been predicting that this could happen and he just is you know and his son basically just leaves and never really comes back and then but he has this this young love that he had um and and when he finds out when something happens to his mom and when he has to go back to this small town that's when he tries to reconnect with this young girl so you have that kind of story going on plus this is you know and then it becomes like a survival type film you know uh but it just it was it was it so it was sort of this mix of of family drama or whatnot with this thriller and it really worked well uh, specifically because you just didn't know what was going on you know it wasn't a typical kind of apocalyptic film that like that we've seen it wasn't an alien yeah even though it kind of acted like that but I just and just watching it all sort of you know deteriorate you know people smashing their cars into other people and just buildings blowing up for no reason and just all of this chaos that's happening that you just don't understand what's happening um and it ends kind of on a on a like like a uh, weird note because you're not entirely sure it's still at the end you're still not entirely sure what happens or what's going to happen and that you know on a on a on a reflection of that, it could it could actually bother you. Like, well, what? You're not giving me any explanation of what's going on? But for me, it kind of worked. It, it, just sort of ending the way it did, it was very um, just, just open-ended. And that was interesting to me. It was actually unique. So I was, I was into this. I really, and it was very well done, very well shot. Uh, some of the, uh, you know, the visuals and whatnot were, were very scary because it's, it's very overcast and rainy and a lot of the scenes and so you can't see what's going on and, you know, the rain is kind of sort of what's, you know, kind of making people go crazy and you're like, why? And, and it's just this very, very tense thriller. Um, so I, I thought it was very well done. I, I, I would recommend it. I mean, I'm not entirely sure where you'll be able to see it probably on the streaming maybe, but, um, and and you know yeah it's subtitled but uh, there's a lot of there's not a whole lot of dialogue in it per se it's just mostly the action parts of it too so yeah I recommend it I would probably give this four stars I think um, you know like I said the ending could bother some people but I I really sort of dug it I thought it kind of Needed to sort of just end like that. And like I said, you know, if this were an American movie, they would have ended it with, you know, us taking the town back over again and, you know, defeating the foes or whatever. <laughs> but with a foreign film, they can get away with just being like, ah, we're just going to end it right now. 
you're like, okay, wait, you know, but I mean, it was a point ending and it's sort of a long shot on the, on the guy standing there, you know, so yeah, I thought, I thought it was well done. So I, I'm curious if you ever get a chance to see it, uh, Joel, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about it. So, uh, so that should wrap us up. Hi. Um, again, thanks for <laughs> Hi, Bella. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, of course, uh, Joel, as always, it's a, such a pleasure to speak with you, um, talk about movies with you. You can read all of uh, Joel's reviews on his website, themoviebench.com. Uh, next week, we've got a couple of movies that I know of off the top of my head. Army of the Dead, Zack Snyder's sort of zombie movie. That looks really good. Are you excited about that one? <laughs> Very much. Yeah. Really looking forward to that. Zombie movies are my bomb or my jam. So, and Zack Snyder. <laughs> finally coming around and getting some just deserves. Uh, so that's definitely the big one that's coming out next week. So we'll talk about that plus probably a few others that will, uh, will pop up, but uh, join us then. And in the meantime, definitely watch if you have the family night, tune into uh, the Mitchell's versus the machine. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. So uh, that's it. Should do it. Talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Bye.